it had to have been probably 15, 16 years ago. I was preaching in a meeting one time. It was here in Spartanburg County. We were in a little small church. And, 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 and boy, the church wouldn't, wouldn't hold many people, probably over 60, 70 people to begin with. But the, the church was packed that night. And, and we got out there and we got to preaching real good. And it got real juicy in the service. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? And when it got real juicy, uh, 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 there was a horse uh, that came up to the window of the church, Brother Wayne, and, and, and stuck his head in the window. And boy, I said, boy, I'm telling you what, it must be getting so good Mr. Ed had to come and get a pause. Amen. And then I began to think about over at our old church building, Brother Doug, there at the Converse Church, and, and uh, that block building was in there preaching. It was either one Sunday morning or Sunday evening. I can't remember. I'm thinking it was more of a Sunday morning service. And for whatever reason, those wooden doors that uh, uh, came into the sanctuary were left open. And the glass door I could see outside. And all of a sudden, I was down in the middle of the aisle preaching, and I looked up, and there was a pot-bellied pig uh, looking me eyeball to eyeball right in the middle of that doorway. And, and boy, I was like, well, this must be pretty good. We, you know, uh, uh, the whole animal family is going to come in and join. And, and the, you know, they were, must have been getting something out of it too. Amen. He was wanting to get in on something good. And I, I remember uh, one of our first Jubilee meetings. The preacher Buddy C preached it for us over at the old building. The, the church was packed that night. And, and there were several people that told me when they left, they said, my goodness, it seemed like the church was breathing. It was alive. It was well. And boy, I began to think, boy, I said, we need, we need another session of them kind of services. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, boy, we've been praying about this meeting coming up, and, and, I, and I know that Preacher Mike is preparing his heart, and we've been praying, and, and we want you to continue to pray. It's just only about a month away. We've been praying a long time. I have, anyway, uh, but for these special services. And, and, and it's just amazing what God can take and put together and really, really uh, do a great work for Him. Amen. It's not about having this one and that one or drawing a big crowd or anything like that that. It's about rejoicing in what God's done for us, uh, what God's going to do for us, and about winning souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just ecstatic uh, uh, that uh, come the end of the month, uh, just a couple of weeks away, uh, we're going to get to baptize 11 folks back there in the pond. Amen. That's going to just thrill my soul to baptize that many. We've baptized as many as 18 before at one time, but back then we had to borrow somebody's baptism or or go to the lake or to the river or wherever. But folks, I believe we're on the verge of seeing some great things going on in the house of God. I remember just this past spring when we had our spring revival and preacher Bob McCurry was here and we had such a wonderful meeting. And then when that meeting was over, it seemed like revival carried on for several weeks. And folks, that's what a revival meeting's about. Amen. It's about a great moving of God on the hearts of the Christian people that will continue. You see, revival or a jubilee meeting is not about a group of meetings that we're going to have together. It's going to be more than that. You'll know if you've got what you needed when the evangelist leaves. Amen. You'll know that you've got what you needed when that week is over and said and done with. Yeah. And boy, I'm coming and looking for something 
great and wonderful to happen. Amen. I, I'll never forget that Tuesday night service in Tampa this past year. These four folks here were there uh, when, when, when that happened and it broke loose in that boy. And I, I'll be honest with you. I've heard Dr. Ray, Calvin Ray Evans uh, uh, preach better messages than he preached that night, but that was just God's way of showing the preacher didn't have nothing to do with that. He just sat down there and God just took over everything. And boy, I'm telling you what, we just had a spell. Amen. I don't know what happened other than the Lord just poured it all out on us. Amen. And uh, we started, they start singing at 6 o'clock and they sung up to 7 o'clock and then, then the regular service started and they sung some more and the man of God preached and then they sung some more. By the time uh, uh, me and Brother John and them was walking out of the sanctuary, it was past 10 o'clock, I do believe. And uh, boy, I'm telling you what, some people have been doing this at 7.54. Boy, how'd you like to have been in there for that three-hour-long service? And I believe we stood about two of those three hours. Actually, it was about four hours if you was there for the early preliminary singing that they had at 6 o'clock. I was like, my goodness. Boy, God just continued to pour it on and pour it on. And I asked Brother John, I said, Brother John, how'd you like that? He said, boy, them Pentecostals ain't got nothing on (laughs) y'all. And then he said, I can understand everything y'all said. But that is what the worship is about. And, and, and I, 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 I just wanted to note some scripture to you tonight in Second Chronicles uh, chapter number 7. Second Chronicles chapter number 7 verses 1 through 3. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you for the reading of your word tonight. I pray you add your blessings to it. In Christ's name we do ask. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse number 1. Listen to the Word of God right here in Second Chronicles chapter 7. The Bible says, Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven. What about that? They had to pray and then the fire came down from heaven. And consumed the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Boy, that was a lot of glory if the priest at that time couldn't get into the house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshipped And praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Sounds to me like a church on fire. Amen. Amen. I'm reminded of the words of John the Baptist. I believe it is over in Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 11. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. You see, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Holy Ghost of God begins to dwell within our lives and within our heart. I'm not waiting on a second work of grace tonight because I got it the first time. Amen. The Holy Ghost moved in. The old man moved out. 
And, uh, you know, many people uh, love an open fireplace, especially the ladies. They love, to me personally, it gets hot. Huh? I, I, I'm a hot-natured creature. And I like to be cool. But my wife likes to crank up that fireplace. And boy, when she'll crank it up, uh, uh, she really likes the way that thing looks. And she likes even more the way it feels. And them young'uns like it. And the flickering of the light and the crackle of the fire. And, and uh, some of it, if you've got uh, the real fireplace, i got the gas logs. I don't hear the, the smelling of the wood burning. But you get, can get a drift of what I'm talking about. People smell that wood burning. They like that. But you know what? God has always had His fireplaces in the Word of God. He's always had His fireplaces. The burning bush, the brazen altar of the tabernacle, Mount Carmel, the Pentecost people, the only fireplaces though that He has today, folks, in all the world are the hearts of His people. The hearts of you and I that are saved tonight. We are to be filled with the Spirit of God and the fire of the Holy Ghost is to burn in the fireplace of our own hearts and be a shining light to others to where they'll know the truth of the Word of God to where they'll know there's a better way to know that there is a day of reckoning coming, a day of judgment that will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, you and I, you and I are the only fireplaces for God that people will see. There's nothing more pathetic, I believe, than a church that loses its fervor for Christ. It ceases to be an organism and becomes merely nothing but an organization or a social hall. Lacking the spiritual strength to operate as a true church of God. It will rely more and more and more upon mechanics and machinery. And maybe Foo-Foo the dog, Bozo the clown, and the Doughboy Quartet to get people into the house of God. Listen, we don't invite singers in to fill the house of the Lord up. We do it because we like to worship. But it will never take place of the preached Word of God. Why? Because it is the Word of God that will pierce through that heart. That will get that individual under deep conviction that they will have to come to a Savior by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe with all my heart tonight. I began to uh, talk with uh, preacher Bob McCurry. Over lunch today, he's in camp meeting over at Casey Creek. I hope to go over there tomorrow night for the service. Anybody else wants to go, I'll come by and pick you up. We'll just take a load, amen? But uh, I began to talk to preacher Bob today, and he looked at me and he held his head down. He said, son, I'm running the least number of people now that I've ever ran before. I said, well, preacher, what are you seeing? What are you seeing he said, I've seen a lot of churches uh, that are dropping their guards down. I've seen a lot of churches uh, that's starting to compromise on the Word of God. He said, I've seen a lot of places uh, that's turning things around and upside down. And they won't let the pastor pastor. They won't let the preacher preach. And they won't do this and they won't do that. And he began to speak to me. And I began to say, preacher, I believe I can say the same thing about the way people are today. Most 
people just want their ears tickled a little bit. I'm not here to be a dictator. I'm not here to be someone to rule over anybody. I'm just wanting to preach the Word of God and preach it the truth and preach it the truth from the very front of the book to the very end of the book and let the pieces fall where they may. Why are you going to do that, preacher? Because that's what God called us to do. He said, preach the Word. Amen. Now, I know sometimes it may get on toes sometimes. But I promise you, I'm just carrying the mail. I'm carrying the mail. And and when mail's delivered to your mailbox, you're supposed to open it and read it. Amen. The Bible tells us that our God is a consuming fire. And He desires to have and will have a church that's on fire with His divine presence and power. You see, fire consumes. It burns out the sinfulness and unnecessary stuff in our lives. Fire purifies. It makes us clean and holy before God. You ever had, you ever done a little operation on yourself on a pimple or something? And you wanted to, to, to take care of that pimple? I know it's a gross illustration, but it's a good one. <laughs> and you know, uh, or let me, or, or, or maybe some of you ladies wanted to get a wild, ingrown hair out of somebody's back before, and you needed something more than just your fingernails, and you get that safety pin, and you know what you do with that safety pin? What's the first thing you do? You put a fire under it. Why? Because it sterilizes it. It cleans it up. And then you start picking and a poking with that. Now, now, that's a good illustration, ain't it? That's the way God wants His people. That's the, what God wants the fires of heaven to do to His people. It wants to clean us up. Amen? He wants to clean us up. And when the fires of heaven come down upon our lives, it'll clean you up. It'll make you sterilized instrument for God. Amen? I believe that with all my heart tonight. I sure do. Praise God. Fire prepares as in food. It makes us tasteful and pleasant to each other, but also to God. It cleans us up. A fire cheers you. When you're caught in the cold grip of despair and discouragement, He cheers us on to victory from the fires of heaven. Fire softens us. And boy, we need softening sometimes because our hearts, uh, they get kind of rough and tough and they get hard. What happens to a piece of gold or a piece of silver when it gets by a fire? It begins to melt. Just like our hearts will do uh, when we are warned by the fires of God. Uh, he'll take that heart uh, of that strong, uh, that, 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 that is tough, uh, um, that has done become calloused. Uh, and when the fires of God come down upon it, it'll begin to soften that heart to where a sinner can come to repentance. The fire will unite you. As a uniting different kinds of metals together, the Holy Ghost will bring us unity uh, to all the people of God if we can just pray and ask the Lord to fill us with the fires from heaven. Uh, folks, it will bring unity amongst the people. Amen. I began talking to a preacher the other day and I said, Brother, I don't understand it, but I do know this. Uh, you as a man of God and me as a man of God and these other brothers sitting around this lunch table today, we're all in this thing together. We're all in this thing for the same reason. And that's to see that the kingdom of God would increase. Amen. 
uh, I'll be honest with you, to me, it's not about uh, uh, running a gigantic number of people or, or whatever. Hey, listen, let's go for the souls of men. Uh, I believe that's what God would be pleased about tonight. Hey, listen, I, we, don't take me wrong. I wish we had a, a church house full tonight. Uh, but see, listen, those that are staying at home tonight, maybe the fire's not flickering as strong as it used to be. Uh, and boy, maybe we just need to preach this again Sunday morning. Amen. Amen. Uh, listen, they need a fire that's built up under them uh, to where it'll purify and to where it'll bring together unity and where it will help them in their Christian walk. That fire will empower you tonight. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. In other words, after you're saved, after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, He will give you power to be witnesses. Uh, folks, when people tell me that they have a difficult time witnessing, you might not have, not cause you ask not. Listen. He said, I'll give you the power to be a witness. Amen. Then he names the regions and then the uttermost parts of the earth. Yeah. I'm telling you folks, he'll give you the power. Amen. I'm excited about our Sunday school campaign. We're going to have a Sunday school world series right here before your eyes. Do you know what team you want to be? They ain't no baseball team called the Gamecocks in the major leagues. <laughs> Listen, we'll work all that out later, Harold. I'll have to call you and tell you what's going on, okay? <laughs> Amen. But number one tonight, that's my introduction. I'll try to hurry and get through. Number one, a church on fire. <laughs> Don't y'all look at me like a deer looking at headlights. A church on fire will fast and pray. Amen. Amen. It will, uh, uh, listen, it will see the need and the value of earnestly uh, seeking God with their whole hearts. First uh, Chronicles 7, 5, the latter part of that verse says that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. Yeah. I believe we, we are probably lacking in both areas. We need to do some more fasting. We need to do some more praying. You need to get along with God and get Him to help you with that because a reward is promised. The Bible gives us the instruction in Matthew chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. He says, But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So this is what I need you to do tonight, church. Uh, I need you to do some praying, but I need you to get along with your God in secret uh, and decide what you're going to fast from now on to Jubilee time. And just go ahead and fast and pray. Uh, listen, you don't have to fast everything that you eat or, or everything that comes along unless you want to. It'll be hard to make it for a whole month without eating anything. Huh? But I tell you what, you might want to do that the whole week that we have the meeting. You'll see a mighty move of God. And there's been some that, you know, they're diabetic and all. They, they've given up some certain types of meals and meats or whatever and, and dedicated it unto God. And, and I remember back a, a few years ago, I went a, a complete week before our a, a special Easter offering that we had. And, and, and some men in the church, they got along with God and done the same thing. And, and boy, I tell you what, we had the best Easter offering that we had. Does anybody remember what it was? Wrong. That wasn't the one. 
That was the first one we done. It was amazing. It was seven thousand seven hundred seventy-seven dollars and seventy-seven cents. What about that? That was one of them. But there was one after that that was ten thousand dollars. You remember that, don't you? You remember? Yeah, yeah. Listen, and it was because I believe we got down to business and fast and prayed unto God. And boy, then you know when you can go in there and, and, and knock some off of that uh, that bill that we owe on this building, that that gives you a little relief, amen. Yeah. That gives you a little relief. Uh, one of them prayers on that prayer request list is debt relief. That we can uh, get this place paid for. That'd be a blessing, wouldn't it? A church will fast and pray. Some of the examples that I remember in the Bible, Moses fast and prayed, and then he received the Ten Commandments. Um, Elijah received direction from the Lord after he prayed and then he fasted. And Hezekiah prayed and fasted and then received a healing for his body. Folks, I'm telling you, you want to get the attention of God, you start praying and you start fasting. Now don't do like they did down at the big Baptist church the other week and don't pray in Jesus' name. Can y'all believe that? I heard six prayers from the beginning of a funeral to the back end of the funeral and neither one of those, well, the preacher and his associate who was a woman, and I don't agree with that. The Bible don't teach that. There ain't no way that that woman could be the husband of one wife. Hello? And... If a woman's not supposed to have authority over a man, how in the world can she be an associate pastor? Amen. That's just all messed up. Am I not right? I, I, I'm right. That, that's, just, that's just messed up. But did you know every time they prayed, they never did, Dottie mentioned, in Jesus' name. They didn't say in Christ's name. Doug, they didn't even say in His name. They just got done with the prayer and said, Amen. The Bible doesn't teach us that in the model prayer. We are to pray in the name of the darling Son of God, who is Jesus Christ. And boy, it just wrecks my heart to think about that and to know that there'll be five, six hundred people sitting there on Sunday morning not knowing how to pray. That's going to be led astray. And I don't care if their pastor knows it or not, I'll tell him the same thing to his face. Why? Leading them, leading them astray. Yeah. Leading them astray. I got up there and sung that exact song right there. And then, boy, I had to listen to opera afterwards. <laughs> then women were squealing in my ears. I was like, Lord, have mercy. I mean, you know, that's beautiful too. I guess if you like that, it just ain't what I'm used to or accustomed to. But when they let me pray, I prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, listen, I'm telling you, folks, uh, uh, God can light a fire under us uh, to where we can do great and mighty things for Him. Uh, if we'll fast uh, and if, if we can pray, God's going to be good to us and He will reward your fasting and your praying. Yeah. Boy, I'm telling you what. I was, uh, I was amazed <laughs> Sunday night. Uh, I don't know if anybody else felt anything or not, but Brother Joe must have felt something because he took a lap around the building. Yeah. Victory lap for Jesus! And he took off. Listen, all I know is this. When God lights a fire under you, you might act a little strange from time to time. Amen. But hey, that's all right too. Amen. 
long as God's in it, I'm for it. Amen. A church on fire will fast and pray. Number two, a church on fire will be uncomfortable with the world. First John chapter 2 and 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That means those worldly things we're not to love. We are to come become a separated people from the world. The fire of God burning in the heart will burn away our desires for the things of this world. If we're serving God the way we ought to, if our hearts are right with God the way it should be, we will not we will want to separate ourselves from the world. Amen. Now listen. I've got to be in the world, but I don't have to be part of the world. Amen? You see what I'm saying? I may have to go into the world to witness to those people that are part of the world, but I don't have to be part of it. And tell them about the Lord Jesus and how good He is to us. Oh, my, my, my. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. You know what? If we're saved tonight, God's enlisted us in His army. I believe He's expecting some things from you and I. I believe He wants to be loved. I believe He wants to be adored. I believe He wants to be worshipped. I believe He wants to be the center of our lives. I believe He wants you and I to be in His perfect will. I believe that tonight. Uh, it's just that flesh that we continue to battle. And, the, uh, you know, the Bible, though, tells us that really, though, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against the principalities and powers in high places. Yeah. In other words, the guy that had the defense, and, and Preacher John gave this illustration one time. I don't know what the court case was. But the man's defense was this. The devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. You know what? I believe a lot of times that might be true. The devil made me do it. Think about it. You see, the devil gets a hold of this flesh and he takes control. And uh, folks, I'm telling you tonight, We'll to scrunch up as close to God as we can to try to stay out from this wicked world. Amen. A church on fire will be uncomfortable in the world. Number three, a church on fire will care for souls. Jesus Himself wept over Jerusalem because He cared for their souls. As many times as the children of Israel had backslidden on God and got out of the way of God, God always found a way for them to come back. Because they were His children. His chosen people. And folks, I believe with all my heart tonight that we ought to just get up under the fires of God and let Him help us. Amen. The early church was on fire. Mark chapter 16 and verse 20. And they went forth and preached to everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. My, my. You know, a church on fire will care for souls. 
I'm reminded, I believe it was the psalmist David. He said, I looked on my left. He looked on my right. I looked on my right. He said, refuge had failed me. No man careth for my soul. God help us tonight if there's anybody within the sound of our voice or the sound of our reach that we could get to that would look up to God and say, Refuge failed me because nobody cared for my soul. We ought to care. We ought to care for those dying and going to hell tonight. We ought to have a, a, some compassion. And when the fires of heaven becomes uh, rekindled in your heart uh, and begins to move uh, in a special way, folks, souls will become more precious to you than they ever have been before. Number four. A church on fire accomplishes great things for God. The power of God is manifested in many ways to His glory. People getting saved. People getting right with God. Where they need to be with God. People getting right with each other. Prayers being answered. That's when you know the fires of God's around the people. You see, the Bible gives us specific directions on how to handle just about anything in our life. And I'm sure if we'll search it good enough, we can probably find all the answers to the questions in your life. If we'll read. If we'll apply it to our hearts. What gets me is everyone will amen it and everyone will agree with it until the ball's in their court. And then they don't agree with it. You ever seen anybody like that? Amen. You ever known anybody like that? You see, the Bible is our roadmap tonight. It's our instruction book to live by, to show people the way. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ will use you tonight to get to those that are lost. The Lord Jesus Christ can use you that are here tonight. Hey, listen. This Sunday School Growth Campaign, I hope it's going to work out real well for us. We've never done anything quite like it before. It ought to get you enthused. It ought to get you fired up of knowing that that gives you a good opportunity to invite somebody to the house of God. Our homecoming coming up ought to give you, get you enthused to, to get your heart's fire burning by the ways of God to invite lost people into the house of God. Let's see what God can do. Yeah. I remember across a pulpit of at the time was a free will Baptist church. You'll know what I'm talking about. They had a little sign right here in front of the pulpit. You remember what it said? I preached in that church. You remember what it said? Expect a miracle. You know why I believe a lot of times God won't light fires under people? Because they don't want no fire. Amen. A lot of times people today have some, gotten so scared of wildfire they've settled for no fire at all. Yeah. My, my. 
But that sign and what that pastor was trying to relate to the people was this. Coming to the house of God expecting something great to happen. Listen, I'm not talking about Benny Hinn. Okay? Let's make that self clear. Yeah. I'm talking about coming into the house of God expecting great wonders from Him. Amen. The God of heaven. You know what a miracle is? When one individual comes to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's a miracle. They've been reborn. They've been rebirthed. That's a miracle. It's a miracle that God can put families back together again. Folks, I remember several years ago. I got called to a family's home to to try to help them. They were going through a terrible, terrible situation. Situations. I'm talking about a family that had been through an abortion, a family where the husband was smoking dope, the wife had been unfaithful, and their family was falling apart. But by the mercies of God and the direction out of God's holy word, their family was reconciled. Amen. It took a while, it took a lot of work. And I'm sure it's still a progress in progress today. But folks, I'm telling you, God can make a difference in a life if they'll just be presented with Him. We've stuck our head in the sand too long to let a world around us die and go to hell when we can tell them about Jesus. It's our duty. It's our duty. Someone told me, said, Preacher, you've got an easy job. I said, wait a minute. First of all, it's not a job. It's a duty. Yeah. It's a duty. I remember many a times when people would call Jonathan the little preacher boy. When you going to preach? When you going to? You ain't never heard that, son, have you? I'm sitting back praying, God, if you want to use him, you can use him. But Lord, please. He sees what his daddy has to do sometimes. He sees a lot of times what his mama has to do. He's seen the sacrifices that has to be made. I can't help that God called me. But I sure can help when I answer and try my best to follow him. Amen. The fires of heaven rekindled under our hearts and our souls will make a difference for the weeks to come. You fast, you pray, and ask God to help you, okay? Let's stand as they come get us an invitation tonight. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, we... Thank you again, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity to come to you in prayer. Lord, I know we've already gathered around this altar and prayed for many things tonight, but Lord, there may be one here that needs to come back and just have a little talk with you. And as the songwriter stated, just a little talk with Jesus will make it all right. God, I pray that you will bless us and bless us tremendously. Pray that we'll take the Word of God, apply it to our heart. We may be coming to the house of God Sunday morning, ready to worship you in truth and in spirit. God, we do love you. We thank you. 
Thank you most of all for Jesus and him dying on the cross of Calvary. Work, do the office work in the hearts of these people. If there be another need, may they come. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.